Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 12 and verse 15. Giving and receiving counsel. You know, we're all born into this world empty. Not, of course, holding anything in our hands, but also we lack skill, we lack wisdom, we lack knowledge. And so right from the beginning, Proverbs says, fathers, mothers, teach your children. And it says to the young people, listen to your parents because they are filling us with what we don't have when we're born. We need our minds and our hearts filled. And that continues throughout life. We need our hearts, we need our minds filled. But who's going to do the filling? Who do you trust? Whose advice do you value? There's some, I think, as a matter of habit, they really don't seek advice from anyone. Others are willing to take advice from anybody, and they stumble, they fall often. And yet others seek good counsel which leads them on the path of life. And that's what I'd like to talk about today. First of all, just what our text says, that the wise seek counsel. And then two facts about giving and receiving of counsel. So I'd like to ask if you evaluate yourself. Are you one who regularly seeks counsel? Are you one who's likely to inquire of someone who's wiser, who maybe is further along on the path, and seek their wisdom. Many, of course, don't. Our text says that the wise seek counsel. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Many think it's a sign of weakness. You know, I'm independent. I'm strong. It's a matter of pride for me not to ask someone else how to do something. I should be able to figure it out myself. Others, I think, find it hard to trust other people. In fact, they find it hard to trust anyone. And so they march through life very much alone. Sometimes I find that those who are most in trouble in life, sometimes stumbling very often, are the ones who are least likely to trust someone. They have a habit of trusting only themselves. I, I want to clarify when Proverbs is talking about counsel or counselor, we're not talking about a therapist. You know, we're not talking about a professional who's offering counsel in that sense, because really counsel in the book of Proverbs comes from many, many people, whether you take it or not. They're always offering it. Parents offer you counsel. Really, they do it all through your life, whether you want it or not. Friends offer you counsel. In fact, friends we've seen in the book of Proverbs have a profound influence on your life. The way they think influences the way you think. Their actions influence your actions. You're interacting with them so much that it affects you. Your co-workers are a constant source of counsel and advice. And those two words, counsel and advice, refer to the same thing. They're often the translation of the same word in Proverbs. Your co-workers are helping you, counseling you, advising you. Pastors offer you counsel. I'm doing it right now. Teachers offer you counsel. YouTube offers you counsel, advice on how to do things. Advertisers offer you counsel on how to have a comfortable and effective life, how to be healthy and strong. On and on. We're full of those who are giving counsel to you. And the question is, which of them do you listen to? Who do you trust? A fool does not listen to anyone. I don't need it. I don't need that, he says. And our text warns against that. A way of a fool is right in his own eyes. 
And you see how it's contrary to the whole book. One of the most prominent words or phrases that you'll see in the book of Proverbs, you'll see over and over is listen, or the synonyms, you know, pay attention, give heed. In fact, the whole book is a book of advice, isn't it? The whole book is saying, listen to this wisdom, but a fool is right in his own eyes. So we need advice. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And that's something. What simple and wonderful advice. Not no counselors, but an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 15.22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. 19.20 says, listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end you will be wise. So you see, there's good instruction and there's the wise who listen to instruction, and the contrast is with a fool who is wise in his own eyes. It means it's someone who's confident. I can handle it. I don't need to ask anybody. I'm fine. You don't know how good I am. Just watch. That's the way a fool thinks. I feel very foolish when I think back at all the things I just dove into without asking anybody. Have you ever done that? You probably have never done that. I did it a lot. And I can think of a lot of things in my life, both long ago and in the recent past, that I should have stopped and asked for good advice about. I remember I planned my wedding. Boy, I I put all kinds of things into the wedding, and I know the pastor, who was just a very good, kindly man, was probably smiling, inwardly laughing at the mess I was making, and he just let me go my way. My brother still jokes and kids me about some of the things that I put into the wedding, which I thought were so deep and meaningful at the time. And when I think back, I just cringe. I think, oh, no, I didn't really do that, did I? Seek advice. Seek counsel. But when you're young and when you're old, sometimes in our foolishness, we're so sure of what we should be doing. And so we saw it last week in Proverbs 14, 12, didn't we? There is a way that seems right, but the end of it is death. So a fool is sure that this is the right way to go, and he goes. He doesn't ask any question. The end of it may not always be death. You might die of embarrassment like I do now when I think of some of these things. It may not be physical death, but there is failure and stumbling. Presidents have whole councils of advisors. Wow! We need to have a council of advisors. You notice how in these Proverbs it talks about many counselors and an abundance of advisors there is safety. We need to have a council of advisors, a selected group of friends who we can turn to and from whom we can draw wisdom. Now, let's admit that not all counsel is good. Not all advice is wise. And sometimes I think we don't listen to advice because we've received a lot of bad advice. You know, we've figured out that no advice is better than bad advice. Take, for example, friends. I already mentioned that friends are almost automatically our counselors because we just spend so much time with them. We talk about everything with them. We bear our hearts to them and they to us. So they become counselors to us almost automatically and they influence our lives. And some friends are excellent counselors. That's what Proverbs says. Friendship is a great source of positive counsel. Proverbs 27.9 Oil and perfume make the heart glad. So a man's counsel is sweet to his friend. I hope you have friends like that. 
Get friends like that. Proverbs 20, 15, there's gold and abundance of costly stones, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. I would say the young people, you know, evaluate your friends. Get friends like this. Keep friends like this. These are friends who are thoughtful about living life. I know there's friends that are full of fun and delight and they're light and airy, but there's friends who have a depth to them, a solidity to them, and they're the friends who you'll have for the rest of your life and you'll be grateful for for the rest of your life. But Proverbs says not all friends are good counselors. I think all friends end up influencing us, but we shouldn't think that all friends should influence us because they're not all good counselors. 12.5 in Proverbs says, The plans of the righteous are just, but the advice of the wicked is deceitful. It's fooling us. 1.10 Proverbs says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Friends end up advising us. So what it's saying is, choose well. Choose your friends well, because your friends can give you very bad advice. I should at this point ask you to give me examples from your life of friends who have given you bad advice and misled you. And, you know, that would wake you up if I did that, wouldn't it? If I pointed to someone and said, do it, but it would get us all going, but I don't want you to look bad, so instead I'll look bad. I was remembering of a friend whose name actually happened to be Thomas, and I listened to his advice, and because I listened to advice, I almost got caught for breaking and entering twice in one night. I worked in this shipping facility that shipped Christian literature. Wonderful work. Nearby was a warehouse where all these Christian goods were kept. And one day, Thomas says, you know, Emmanuel, you were saying you need a Bible. In that warehouse, there are lots of really nice Bibles, leather-bound, gold edging, beautiful Bibles. You just go get one. Yeah, but Thomas, that's stealing. No, no, it's not stealing. See, you need something good, and if you steal something that's going to do you good, it's not wrong. And I argued for just a little bit, and after a while, you know, it started to make sense to me. You know, he's right. I need a Bible. There's a whole bunch right there. God will bless this because it's going to do me good. So he knew the combination to the lock on the warehouse. I, I worked late, second shift, so I got done. It was around midnight. I drove up to this warehouse. It's dark. I had to have the car parked so that the headlights would shine on the lock. What a scary thing, thinking someone's going to see me, a cop's going to see me breaking into this warehouse. I worked the combination. I had to do it a couple times because my heart's pounding, you know. My palms are sweaty. Finally, I get in, and there's a whole pallet full of these Bibles. So I choose a really nice one and lock up and drive out as fast as I can. Whew, made it. No, I'm breaking and entering. This is illegal. If I get caught, I'm in big trouble. But on the other hand, I'm getting a Bible. So that's all right. So I drive, I go, I think four, five, six miles, and my conscience is bothering me. Yeah, right. It's okay to steal a Bible. Give me a break. Feeling worse and worse, and finally I just can't do it. So I'm thinking, oh, are you kidding me? Go back and risk being caught, breaking and entering again to return this Bible? And so, yep. I turned around, parked the headlights so that they aimed at the lock, frantically opened the lock, put the Bible back, locked the door back up, and drove away as fast as I could. Just so grateful that I got away with breaking and entering twice. 
and so angry with Thomas for giving me bad advice and so angry with myself for being fooled. Are you kidding me? Stealing a Bible is okay. I knew better. But friends have a power over us, you know. Friends influence us. I spent a lot of time with him. I worked many hours with him. You begin to have a camaraderie and you begin to trust their advice. We need to seek advice. That's what our text is saying because only fools don't seek advice. But seek advice from those who give good advice. So that leads to two skills that we need to have. And really, they're skills we need to have and we need to train our children to have these skills. Sometimes we never bother to train our children to evaluate their friends and those that they look up to, those that influence their lives, those from whom they are taking counsel. So first we have to choose good counselors. Choose your advisors well. If you look at 2 Kings, the 12th chapter, there's this very sad example with terrible consequences, which is King Rehoboam. He's the son of Solomon, and he's enthroned, he becomes king, and now he's trying to come up with his policies for ruling the nation. You know, he's got a new administration, he's going to do everything new. So the issue of taxation comes up, and some people send a delegation asking that the burden of taxation be relieved. And Rehoboam says, thank you for your request, I'm going to seek counsel. Good move. You know, that's great. So first he goes to the elders. Those who are experienced, those who have wisdom, those who in fact counseled his father, Solomon. And they tell him, you know, the people are overburdened. They're weary. The nation can't bear these taxes. You have to lessen it. You have to have a gentle hand with your people. He doesn't like this counsel so much. You know how it is? When you look for counselors, sometimes you keep asking until you find somebody who tells you what you want to hear. He didn't like this counsel so much. So then what he did is he got his pals, the younger men in the palace who he had grown up with. They were his friends. They thought the way he did. They had the same mindset that he did. And he asked them, so what do you think, guys? What should I do? They've asked for taxes to be reduced. And they said, are you kidding me? Instead of reducing their taxes, why don't you increase it? You're king. You can do whatever you want. And he took their advice. Sounded good, made him feel powerful. And of course, they reinforced maybe what he was inclined to do anyway. And so he did exactly what these young counselors told him to do. You know, who we go to counsel, by the way, just think about it as a reflection of who you are, who you trust, whose counsel you trust, is a reflection of your values. We end up looking for advisors who tell us what we want to hear, who reinforce the direction that we've already chosen to go. And that's what Rehoboam did. And what happened? Well, as a result of this, there was a rebellion. As a result of this, there was a civil war. And the nation of Israel was split in two for generations. The north was called Israel and the south was called Judah. Terrible consequences. So the first thing about this whole issue of giving and receiving counsel is choose well. Choose well. Let me just from the book of Proverbs, give you a few examples of things we should be careful of when we're choosing. If you're taking advice from someone, ask yourself a few questions. Look at their attitude. What kind of a person is this? Is this a scoffer? We've talked a lot about scoffing a few weeks back. 
But if there's a note of scoffing in the wisdom that they offer, the advice that they give you, run from them. Proverbs 21.24 says, Scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. The scoffer is someone who, well, he'll probably mock your morals, kind of like Thomas did for me. Are you kidding me? It's not stealing if it's a Bible. Get out of here. He thinks you're naive. He thinks you're simple. He thinks you're stupid. A scoffer is someone who can't really help you evaluate the advice you've gotten from other sources because when he listens to advice that doesn't agree with him, the only response is to belittle it, to mock it, to laugh at it. A scoffer is not someone from whom you should be receiving counsel. Here's a, another example from the book of Proverbs. Look at their words. What kind of words are they offering? Are they smooth words? Proverbs has a lot to say about smooth words that go down like oil. They're words that are easy to hear for you. They're counsel that you find sweet to your taste. And you might suspect that they've been prepared to be sweet to your taste. Because these are advisors that tell you only what you want to hear. These are advisors that don't love you enough to speak the truth. They don't really want to, well, they don't want to deal with you being upset. I don't want you to be angry. Let someone else deal with that. I'll just tell you what's nice and easy and that you're willing to accept and will move on with life. So Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Interesting words. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And the verse that you've heard very often, 27, 17, Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Sometimes those hard words are just the counsel we need, just the advice we need. It sharpens us, it makes us more ready to do the work that God has called us to do. Let me just give you a third question you might say to ask. Ask about their end. Well, what have they done with their lives? Seems like such a simple question. Why take advice from someone who is not going anywhere in her own life? I think very often there are people who are happy to give advice. I think there's people who give advice who don't know what they're talking about or don't know what you're even asking. There's people who are very happy to criticize what other people are doing, but they themselves are not doing anything at all. In fact, very often the reason they're not doing anything at all is because they don't want to be criticized. A great way to avoid criticism is to just not do anything. Very often they're willing to tell everybody what to do. But the question to ask is, where has all their supposed wisdom gotten them? Where are their lives headed? What have you accomplished in your life? What are your relationships like? Are they rich and enduring? Is your wisdom bearing fruit in other people's lives? Those are the kinds of questions we should ask when we're seeking advice. Proverbs 19.3 says, The foolishness of man ruins his way but his heart rages against the Lord. Yeah, he's angry. Here's someone who's frustrated in life. But what's happened is that the way you know that he's foolish is because his life is ruined. He's not accomplishing anything in his own way. So the first skill we have to learn in this whole business of counseling is to choose the right counselor. It's very important to seek advice, but it's very important to seek it from the right person or the right people. There's a second 
piece of advice, and that's to learn to listen to counsel. It's one thing to seek the right counselors. It's another to learn the art of listening, digesting, applying the counsel. Even if you have good counselors, really, I would say it takes wisdom to actually make use of that wisdom. This is the power of counsel. It's also the danger of counsel, you know. It's the danger of counsel because if you're really going to receive counsel, it's going to affect your life. So you have to make sure you have the right counselors. But when you have the right counselors, you have to be willing to let them speak into your life. Let them influence your life. So choose wisely, but then listen to what the counselor says. Listen attentively. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 31 says, The ear that listens, you know, word means perceives, understands, the ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Proverbs 22, verse 17 through 21. Pay attention to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach. For it is pleasing when you keep them in your heart and have all of them ready on your lips. You see, to keep them in your heart, to pay attention, means that you've taken it in. You've thought about it. You've digested it. You've thought about how it works in life. And you've applied it to your life. You've questioned and wrestled with this advice until it's been made your own. And when it's your own, then it can be on your lips. That is, you can share it with others. You're not just parroting what someone else has said. Now this is something that's sunk into your soul and become a part of your own life. And now you're sharing it with others. Receive, receive, digest, listen to the counsel of others. So here's two skills we have to learn. Choose the right counselor, choose the right friends, choose the right people, choose the right church. But then be one who listens, who allows this counsel to influence you and change your life. I'd like to close, I think in a strange way. I, I feel awkward doing this. I feel that this is what I want to do. I want to close with a difficult verse. One, the meaning of which I'm not sure of. And you say, well, why don't you just leave it alone? I don't want to leave it alone. I want, to, I want to deal with it. It's not one that I'm clear of, but it asks whether we're willing to enter into the work, the work that's required in the giving and receiving of counseling. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It may not do any good because the translations vary so much. But if you do, turn to Proverbs 20, verse 5. It's a wonderful verse. I'll read it in one version. This is the English Standard Version. It says, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Or, the word purpose is exactly the same word that is translated counsel or advice elsewhere. So you could say, The counsel in a man's heart. It's like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. I think it's all right that we don't completely understand it. A lot of Proverbs we've seen are a little bit ambiguous. They lead to more than one interpretation and more than one application. They make us think. and Maybe that's one purpose of this particular proverb. So let me give you two views of it. First, and this is the minority view. Fewer people adhere to this view. It's, you see, the question in this is, there's counsel that's deep in the heart, and it's like deep water. Well, in whose heart? Is it the one who's receiving counsel or the one who's offering counsel? So the minority view says the counsel that comes from the wise lies in a deep well. 
Now you've seen pictures of how water was drawn in the old days from a deep well. You have to lower a bucket deeper and deeper and deeper to get any water out. And so this view would say that to receive counsel, even if you've chosen a wise person, you have to dig deep. If you ask offhandedly for advice, if you come with your mind already made up, if you're not paying attention, looking out the window, watching TV, humming a song, or thinking of what you're going to say, or if you spend the whole time talking yourself, giving your own answers rather than listening, you're going to come away thirsty. It takes skill. It takes work to actually receive wisdom from someone who really is wise. So you have to let the rope down deep. So here's how one translation puts it. Advice comes from the deep waters of the heart. Those with understanding can draw it out. Or to use one of our more current proverbs, you know, a wise man or wise woman can be quiet, but still waters run deep. Doesn't mean they don't have anything to say. It'll take you time to ask questions. You'll have to ask for examples, for illustrations, for further explanation. You'll have to go out and think about what was said, digest it, come up with more questions because you thought you understood it, but you realize you didn't. So you come back with more questions. You have to be willing to go deep, deep, and deeper. So that's one thing. If you really want advice from a wise person, it may take work on your part to really receive that wisdom. That old commentator from the 17th century, Matthew Henry, put it like this, commenting on this verse, Though many capable of giving wise counsel are silent, yet something may be drawn from them which will reward those who obtain it. It takes work and you can get it. On the other hand, let me give the other view of this, and this is the majority view. Probably most people look at it this way. That the one offering counsel has to be wise enough to dig deep into the life of the questioner before giving advice. So the deep well in the first case is in the heart of the one giving the advice. Here, the deep well is in the heart of the one asking the question. And it's saying, just keep your mouth quiet for a while. If you're the one giving advice, you have to dig deep before you find out what advice is right and good and wise to give. Don't give easy off the top of your head advice. Stay away from platitudes. Oh, we throw them at each other. Really, platitudes or quoting a little verse and throwing it at somebody is like saying, you know what, don't bother me. Take two Tylenol, I'm sure you'll feel better. There's something deep going on in this person's heart. It's going to take time to fathom what that really is. I think young people are platitude detectors, aren't they? I think that's why a lot of times they roll their eyes. I'm not saying it's okay to roll eyes, but let's face it, adults roll their eyes too a lot. When we hear something that just makes no sense, it's something that someone is saying because they've heard it somewhere, they're quoting a verse which doesn't even apply, we do tend to either roll our eyes or do it inwardly. We say, as the Bible says it, I believe it. But, you know, your teenager may really be wanting to dig deeper. They may want further explanations. You may just say, just have faith. But what does that mean? How do I apply that truth in this particular situation? What does it mean to trust God now? A woman in the congregation said that when she was growing up, her Sunday school teacher 
used to say, if you ask too many questions, it means you don't have faith. I don't know where she got that from, but that was the platitude this girl heard growing up all her life. Stay away from platitudes. Stay away from easy answers. Because if you love someone who's come to you for advice, it means you're going to take time. You're going to do the work to see what is in the depths of the heart of the one seeking advice. You're going to ask questions. You're going to pray. You're going to study the matter. You may seek counsel yourself. And then, thoughtfully, you'll offer counsel. We all need counselors. It's foolish, as our text says, it's foolish to think we don't need counselors. And it's a foolish life that never seeks counsel from the outside. But we have to be able to choose wisely. We have to be able to listen well. I feel foolish for listening to all the bad advice I've listened to in my life. I also feel even more foolish for the pride that's kept me from seeking advice because I thought I could just do it on my own without asking anybody. But I'll always be grateful to those who have given me good counsel, great counsel. Some who have been very patient because I've been more anxious to tell them than to ask them, but they've waited and waited until I was ready to hear. And they've told me about marriage and about parenting, about being a pastor and just being a man. So grateful for the counsel those men and women have invested in me. And so I want to close with this. Because I think you agree. Read again, Proverbs 19, verse 20. Listen to counsel, accept discipline, that you may be wise the rest of your days. Amen. Let's pray. Lord my God, thank you. Thank you for being our counselor. Thank you for drawing close to us with wisdom and truth. And we thank you, Lord, that you have put others in our pathway. As men and women, older, younger, friends, people in the church, people in our lives, we can go to, Lord, to learn what steps we should take. Uh, Lord, give us humility to be those who seek counsel. And give us even this wisdom to listen to counsel and to apply it to our lives. May your name be honored in our lives. And Lord, may our lives prosper because of this. In your name we pray it. Amen.